It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. talking about New Japan, New Beginnings from Osaka Joe Hall, the proper name for Osaka Joe Hall, not the previous sponsor's name, which was all wrong, the actual prop, it's now Osaka Joe Hall again, we can we can not talk about the unpleasantness, and joining me to discuss such events is Courtney Summers, how are you from? I am doing fantastic, life is looking up these days. You know, we've got some things coming up with Pro Wrestling Empire. We're relaunching, and we have, like, a lot of exciting things coming up. So, life is just life is just good these days. There you go. That's really cool. Glad to hear that. It's nice to speak to you. We last, we last talked in November. So, what have you thought of the New Japan product since uh, Wrestle Kingdom, since the dawn of a new double champion and uh, all the things that have been going on in New Japan. What have you been thinking? Um, I have been really enjoying the New Japan product. Um, a lot of the the things that they're doing are very entertaining. Um, and um, and in, in particular, what they're doing with Jay White right now. It's just, it's amazing. The whole King Switch thing. Like I've taken it online and I've ran with it. And um and I'm thinking that maybe projecting into the future, I'm thinking that Jay is either gonna win the cup or he's going to win the G one this year. So I'm thinking he's gonna be, you know, in the middle of a lot of things next Wrestle Kingdom. So it's just New Japan is just doing phenomenal these days and I'm just very proud of them. Okay then. Well, we'll get on with the show because we're going to review this uh, this show, which had a bunch of title matches on it. Like I said, Osaka Joe Hall. There was eleven thousand four hundred and eleven in attendance, uh, which is a pretty big crowd for Osaka Joe Hall. Just shy of a sellout. I think it's twelve thousand there. Uh, I'm just trying to check, but yeah, not a bad particular draw for a main event which featured Tetsuya Naito versus Kenta, a true Japanese wrestling dream match. So. Let's start at the beginning. Tenkoji, Hiroshi Tanahazen, and Satoshi Kojima, along with Manubi Nakanishi making his final appearance in Osaka Joe Hall against Yu and Yuji, and of course Yuji Nagata. Nagata. Uh, they defeated Great Bashiel, Togi Makabe, and Tommy Akahama, Raisuki Taguchi, and Doa Henry in seven minutes and nine seconds. Raisuki Taguchi had a rough time in this particular matchup. He he got clobbered. And it was kind of showcasing old Lumpy, Manubi Nakanishi, in his retirement run. He's actually looking better now than he has done for about three years. So I'm impressed with him. What are your thoughts on this one, Connie? Um, I thought it was an impressive final outing for Nakanishi at Osaka Joe. Um, and, and like you said, yeah, Taguchi did kind of struggle this match. And um, and it was just really fun and and you know, just to get to see Nakanishi get that final respect in Osaka Joe. That's just one of those moments that kind of hits you in your feels. And, <laughs> um, and I'm not going to lie. I did kind of cry. So, oh, because, because like, because, 
you know, like with, with these legends that are retiring, we've had, we're having a lot of them retire from New Japan. You know, we just had Liger and now we got Nakanishi and it's like, I'm just waiting on the next one to happen at this point because, you know, Liger and Nakanishi are, are definite company pillars and, you know, and, and it was, just, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that just hits me in my heart. I guess this was as well, really. He's been around for a long time. I'm probably guessing Hiroshi Tenzan needs to retire. Let's be honest. Bless his cotton socks. He's, he's, his foot is not straight. There is no getting away from that now, and it gets more and more pronounced. So I'm hoping he retires soon. Not because I don't want to see him wrestle anymore, because I just feel good of his health. I'm worried about him. But there you go. Oh, we'll oh, same here. Same yes. here, I think. <laughs> um, I think Tenzan definitely needs to start looking at retirement. Because you know you can tell his his body is hurting him. You can tell that you know he's he's a lot slower. So you know I'm thinking as much as I hate to say it, you know I have to agree with you. I think that that needs to be the next one to retire. I think it's something we need to look at. I mean, there's there's plenty of horror stories of Japanese wrestlers who who just don't get retirement. I don't think any of these guys, these guys are old enough and have been well-traveled enough to know that like, you know, it's, life is not going to be the same again. But I was reading about Mirashima's retirement in Noah and he was like arrested last autumn for, you know, um, for I think it was begging or threatening with menaces. You know, it, it, he's just not coped with being not a wrestler anymore very well at all. Um, and it's, it was interesting, actually. I watched a documentary, and of all companies, Osaka Pro Wrestling actually have a retirement plan, and so did DDT as well. Osaka send their wrestlers out to retirement homes to go and meet and greet with the old people as part of their training to like make sure that they see some outside life. And DDT Pro Wrestling actually has a restaurant that is staffed by former pro wrestlers. There you go. Yeah, that that is pretty awesome. And um and yeah, and I was watching Noah the Best earlier this year and they had this guy out there that was in his seventies still going at it. And there are some, you know, Japanese professional wrestlers that will go until they die. So, you know, it's just that it's just that strong style fighting spirit that they just cannot give up for the life of them. And um <laughs> It's it's kind of one of those things that it kind of it, it's one of those things that you kind of respect it, but it kind of frustrates you at the same time because you're like, really, you could just you know like like Masahiro Chono, he goes around and he does a lot of those um, speaking events with senior citizens and stuff like that. You know, I'm like, you could pull the Chono and you could so have it so easy, but you're so hard headed and so stubborn you can't quit. <laughs> you Masahiro Chono is the coolest guy that ever lived, though. Oh, yeah. He's, and, he's one of those that, like, he's like the George Clooney of Puro to me. Because he is, he's still gorgeous at his age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and alpha female's dad. You know, you can't have a cool dad than that. Her dad is cool than everybody else's dad. <laughs> yeah. Right then, next match was our first title match of the evening. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Rapingi 3K, Show and Yo with Rocky Romero, defeated Suzuki Gun, burying the fact that they've only managed to defend their titles once. Despite the fact they've had four championship reigns, they have now defended it successfully twice. 
which is a hundred percent improvement on before. Uh, they defeated Del Desperado and Yoshinubi Kanemura, the previous champions who had that dominant run two years ago. This was a lot of fun. This these two teams clearly adore wrestling each other, and it was well worth it to see these two teams go at it again. It was a good story. It played off of a lot of things that happened in the past. And then to end the match, Raisuki Taguchi came down to see his best mate, Rocky Romero, and they challenged Sho and Yo for the IWJP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. The two guys on the roster who've won it more times than anybody else challenged the current champions in the Mega Coaches versus Rapidi 3K. What do you think of this, Courtney? And what do you think of this future title match? Um... First off, about the match, um, like what you were saying, you could tell that these two teams adore wrestling each other. They're almost like tag team soulmates in a way because, like, they enjoy just going out there and beating the crap out of each other. And you can <laughs> tell that they just enjoy it and they get and they just get this weird thrill out of it. Like, like you can tell. And um, and Despy and Kanemaru matches versus. Show and Yo are always fantastic. They're always fun. There's always some chicanery on the point on the part of Despy and Kanemaru, and and you've got the sympathetic baby faces Show and Yo, and it's just this perfect dynamic that can set up for a really good feud for a while. And and here is where Taguchi kind of made me a little mad because I'm like what? Taguchi, why are you coming out here and trying to start problems? With um, with Rocky and his sons, <laughs> me, me and um, me and Karen on Twitter were so upset. We were like, "No, no, Taguchi, don't you dare! Why are you causing problems?" And um, and yeah, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic that match when that match happens. The Mega Coaches versus Show and Yo, like that's going to be a very interesting dynamic to look out for and and seeing if there's maybe some hints of, you know. A split coming, you know, diff- different things. It's just we got to just stay tuned and see at this point. <laughs> hey, the, the walls between chaos and regular army have softened somewhat in the last two years, and we can thank Jay White for that because everybody hates him. So there you go. Not everybody. <laughs> Not you. I know you don't. And the other members of Bullet Club. They were all such <laughs> trustworthy and happy individuals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, next up was an eight-man tag for Induce, Dave Finley and Juice Robinson, the former IWGP heavyweight champions, tag team champions, with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, defeated Bullet Club, Chase Owens, Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, and Yujiro Takahashi, of course, including the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. That will be your G.O.D. Ten minutes and 50 seconds when Hiroshi Tanahashi pinned Tangaloa, which kind of puts Tanahashi and Ibushi in line for a tag team title shot against your GLD, but your former champions who were awaiting their rematch were not particularly happy about this. There is dissension in the ranks, and I'm hoping for the love of God we don't have 17 three-way tag team title matches like we did three summers ago when it was dreadful. Courtney, your thoughts? Um, first off, congratulations to Tom and T on getting those tag titles back. We needed some gold brought back into Bullet Club, and congratulations, boys! I'm I'm really proud of you. Um, and in this match, yeah, it's looking like they're setting up for Coda and Tana 
versus god which i think that's going to be a really fun feud because it's like it's like one of those oil and water black and white type <laughs> feuds because like you have like the white you know white meat baby face team of tana and coda you know that it's impossible to hate those two because they're so likable and they're so you know just charismatic and they just draw you in and then you have god who were the the guerrilla tactics cheating with Jado, you know <laughs> tag team from bullet club and and that's that dynamic and that um and that feud is going to be really really fun to watch and i just can't wait and, and there is some dissension in the ranks that it would appear and um we just got to keep our eye on that and see what happens I- I think it would be um, an interesting kind of deal if you had kind of Finjuice versus Tana and Kota and then like as a kind of mini tournament, like one of each. But I don't want to see three-way tag matches again because when it was uh, Viking, Raiders, Warriors, then War War Machine, (laughs) when they had a good name, (laughs) War Machine. Wall Machine, G.O.D. and uh, Killer Elite Squad over and over and over and over and over again, and it was dreadful. Just couldn't be doing with it. So I'm hoping we don't get that again. But it could be an interesting tag team summer, which we haven't had for a while, so that would be nice. Yeah, it would be. And and I don't really like three-way tag title matches either. Uh, I think that there is enough going on with um, with you know, two teams, much less three, especially with the New Japan working style. It's just too much at times. It's just too much and it's too overwhelming. It's too much action. So I think they need to, you know, keep it to two teams. And, you know, I do like that idea of having maybe like a best of, you know, like three or four series between Ben Juice and Tana and Coda to determine G.O.D.'s next challenger. That would would be, you know, something I would do. Yeah. I think you have a triangular feud with actually having a triangular match because they're dreadful. That's my opinion, though. I know people do love three-way matches. I don't see the point myself, but there you go. Because it's like, you know, you don't have, like, in the Super Bowl isn't, like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers versus the Dallas Cowboys because that would be ridiculous. So why have it in wrestling? But that's just my take on it anyway. There you go. Right then, next matchup was Chaos, Kazuchi Kurokada and Will Ospreay defeating Taichi, Taichi, him, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. 11 minutes 50 seconds. Now, as I discussed last week, Taichi did wrestle Kazuchi Kurokada in a pretty good matchup, considering he had Taichi in it. And Will Ospreay was due to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. last night for the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship. So that was a teaser for that particular match. I will tell you what happened in that match after Courtney gives me her takes on this particular tag team matchup from last weekend. Um, it, it, it was once again one of those solid, fun tag team matches. And, um, and yeah, I was a little upset that my boys lost. I was like, I was like, no! Because Tai Chi has actually turned a corner with me a little bit here as of lately. Um, like He's no you just talked shit. about. <laughs> the Okada match that he had. I was really impressed because Taichi was out there showing some fire that, you know, I normally don't see out of him. And so I'm kind of turning the corner on Taichi a little bit. In no way am I saying I'm going Miyohabe for him. 
but <laughs> I'm kind of warming up to him, you know. Yeah. So, like- and um, also that Rev Pro heavyweight title match, um, you know, I, I just love the social media game that led up to it um, before that match at Rev Pro. Um, Zach posted a picture of him basically smacking Will in the face and said, Happy Valentine's, darling. And I just, and I just lost my mind laughing. I was like, I was like, you two, you two are going to be after each other for years because they've been after each other ever since the Brit wrestling before New Japan. So I'm like, they're going to be fighting each other in the old folks home in the UK one day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they did have a go at each other at New Beginnings in uh, Osaka from the week in Sapporo, sorry, from the week before. They had to go each other in this tag match. And then on Saturday night, Will Ospreay defeated Zack Sabre Jr. for the Rev Pro Undisputed British Heavyweight Championship in a big go-home show where uh, Zack Sabre Jr., I think it was Omjo and Gabriella, thingy, whose name I can't remember, uh, she won the Women's Championship. So there's a lot of good stuff went on in Rev Pro at the weekend. Fans went home very happy indeed. Um, and it, it was kind of like there was a lot of bit of sweetness about it. It's like because more people should be watching Rev Pro. But I think New Japan, the, the relationship with New Japan has really helped them out. And uh, they're doing a lot better with that. So, yes, this was a good match. Next up was your man, Jay White. He defeated Sonata in 21 minutes and 52 seconds in a match that got no love from the cage match users. Or, or well, or anyone else, really. I don't understand that because I thought this match was great. I really enjoyed it. I love Jay White. I love Sonata. My only real wish is Sonata seems to be on such a downturn at the minute. And I don't know where they salvage him from because he's gone so far down and he's lost so many matches against big names. I'm not sure he's as useful as he used to be. And I'm starting to feel that more and more with every match he has. I'm hoping it's come kind of redemption storyline and they get him back on track. But he's had a lot of losses lately. But Jay White seems to be riding high and he's still the most hated man in the company. What's your thoughts on this one, Gordy? Um... I love this match. I will say, like, the hardest part of that match for me was when Sonata had him in the cold skull on the ground for, like, almost two minutes. I was like, I was like, no, you leave him alone. I was, I was getting so upset. And then when he ended up winning, I was, I was just thrilled. I was like, I was like, I told you all, I told you all Osaka is his city because Osaka is Jay's city, whether people realize it or not. He, a lot of good things have happened for him in that city, and and I kind of, I kind of felt that Osaka magic before in the air, and um, and and Sonata and Jay actually work very well together. They they really do. Like they have like that chemistry in the ring, and and I don't understand the lack of love that this match got, and I'm not just saying that because because I'm basically Jay's number one fan girl online, um. I'm just saying that from a purely in-ring psychology and um, just emotional, you know, scale, that that match was really damn good. And, you know, more people should show it love than are showing it love. And um, and I'm thinking some pretty amazing things are coming up for Jay. Um, I-, I hope that Sonata doesn't get buried because like it almost feels like Sonata is getting left behind in LIJ if you think about it because you know Hiromu has the junior heavyweight belt um 
Naito has two belts and they're Sonata with really nothing, with nothing to show for it. And I just hope that, you know, the booking team at New Japan, you know, kind of looks out for Sonata and kind of elevates him a little bit because, you know, even though he is an LIJ, he is one of my favorite wrestlers on the New Japan roster and I want to see him do well. So, yeah. I think I think he'll probably quite go quite far in the New Japan Cup. It's a good way of like giving someone who isn't isn't you don't think he's necessarily going to do that well. Give him a boost and give him some new faction to new kind of factor to improve them. And I think that's really important for Sonata at the minute. He needs a boost. So we'll see. I guess he, he does. He he needs to go really far in the cup and um you know maybe not win it, but if they're having Jay win it um you know, maybe make that your final, you know, yeah. do Jay versus Sonata again for the New Japan Cup. You've got an awful lot of people to please in the New Japan Cup, though, because you've just had a bunch of you guys have a lot of big losses. So it's, it's yeah, and, 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 that's, and that's the thing. That's the thing, guys, though. You, you can't, you know, help everybody out. You've got to, yeah. you know, pick and choose your spots, and you can't help everybody out at once because then everybody's going to be on the even keel. And nobody is going to stand head and shoulders above the rest. So, you know, you kind of have to make some sacrifices, New Japan fans. We're not going to like everything, and we're not going to like every match results or or the way every match turns out. But, you know, that's one thing I would do is just, you know, have Sonata go really far in the cup. Okay, then. Next, we had uh, three main event matches with three title matches. and. To be honest with you, the, each of these is an absolute pure dream match. The last time Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee wrestled, it was in San Francisco, and Hiromu Takahashi took 18 months off with a broken neck. They are absolutely made for each other. I could watch these two wrestle forever and a day. However, at the rate they go, they probably aren't going to last forever and a day, let's be honest. They have slowed down a little bit and have slightly more common sense. However, it didn't detract away from the match. The guys at Cage Match give it 9.08, which is as close to perfect as I've seen in a New Japan match in a long time. This was outstanding work from both men. I think Ryu Lee has had a new lease of life since losing the shackles of CMLL, to be honest with you. Um, and I believe his tights have got even shorter. Um, I'm not quite sure, but they seem to be even more revealing than they are normally. And Hiromu Takahashi... Is singing on all cylinders, which we all knew he would be if he came back and got the job right on. What's your thoughts on this one, Courtney? Um, this match was in effing sane. The things that these men did to each other was next level, like a, a, a level of like high flying brutality that I haven't seen in ages. And there were points in in which I was like, okay, boys, can we calm down? Hiromu, you just came back from a broken neck, and, and, and Dragon Lee, I don't want you with one. Can you calm down? And that one spot like where like they had to have chopped each other in their chest like a hundred times, like gunshot, <laughs> chest chops. And there's pictures of both of their chests post-match on Twitter. And Hiromu, his left, I think... Is it his left or his right? I'm not sure because I'm, I'm not sure if he flipped the image or not. But one of his pecs is like totally purple and bruised. And I'm like, I'm like, never again, boys. Never again. 
I was feeling some sympathy pain. You know, like it was, and then that spot like where they did the suicide dive, and I was like, poor Gino, poor Gino. <laughs> he's just sitting here and he's and he's trying to behave and he's just trying to commentate and be impartial. Poor Gino. And like everybody on Twitter is like, Gino, are you okay? And he's like, I'm okay. I was like, thank God, Gino's okay. But um, but, but yeah, like that that match was just insane. And I've had people, you know, tell me online that that was the most insane thing they've seen so far this year. And um, definitely, if you haven't seen it, go watch it on World because I'm telling you, I am not overselling this. This was next level insanity. <laughs> of course, Ryu Lee, no longer Dragon Lee. We should make that clear. Dragon Lee. I know, is... but but I I'm very stubborn when it comes to change, and I'm gonna <laughs> probably start calling him Dragon Lee a year from today. So so is CMLL to be fair with you. But anywho, um, that's one of the reasons why he left. Um, yeah, Arumi Takashi versus Ryu Lee did try and remove each other's nipples for a good ten minutes during the minutes minutes of the match, and I'm quite surprised they didn't manage it. Uh, but there you go. This was, it is, considering it was Valentine's Day on Friday, this was just the match. They love each other in the most sick and twisted way you can imagine possible. I know but this is like the most messed up, like masochistic, sadist romance <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. I'm like, I'm like, you two deserve each other, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then the next matchup, speaking of sadistic and masochistic, uh, let's be having you. Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley. Oh, God. I'll be honest with you. I don't get that excited about wrestling matches anymore because I'm old and I've, I have literally seen everything in professional wrestling. But by God, I wanted to see this just to see what the hell it was all going to be about because these two idiots going against each other is just going to be spectacular. And the opening moments when Moxley manages to get to the ramp and Suzuki goes and gets two chairs out and Gina says, why has he got two chairs? And Chris Chant says, one of them isn't for him. <laughs> it was just it, perfect. It, it, it was, was just... like Suzuki pulled the bring your own steel chair instead of bringing your own um, strong zero. <laughs> <laughs> and they just clobbered each other. And it wasn't even particularly good wrestling. It was just hitting each other for 20 minutes and it was brilliant and it just told the story perfectly well exactly what they needed to do this is why Minoru Suzuki is a professional wrestling genius and even at 52 years old as he will be this year you still need him on your roster because he can do things like this and he does it better than anybody else in the world and has been doing it better than anybody else in the world for the last 30 years he is outstanding and I'll be honest, Moxley is not my cup of tea, but by God, he put his effort in here. This was really, really good and well worth watching. What's your thoughts on this one, Courtney? This one was wild, just brawling and, and hardcore spots all over the place and just two men just hell-bent on destroying each other at the end of the day. That's what this match was, was, you know, you have John Moxley who, you know, he is stepping up to Suzuki and challenging him, but you know, Mox does respect Suzuki. And then you have, you know, Suzuki in the in that interview they did with New Japan's website, you know, saying that Mox can't do anything really technically, but he has 
something special and that Suzuki respects it. So it's like this was like a beat down based off of mutual respect <laughs> in a way. <laughs> and um, and like you said, you know, Suzuki is what, 50 years old and he's still, you know, 50, 51 years old and he's still going out there and moving like he's 30. And, you know, he may not be able to do things, you know, the way he used to, but he's modified his style to such a way that it still looks legit and it still looks badass. And, and it has the younger ones shaking in their boots still. Yeah. I I think that's the thing as well. Suzuki can wrestle like that till he's 80 years old and it will not affect the way he works. You know, he has got this style that's minimum, maximum output for minimum effort. You know, he doesn't have to try that hard to make everything work the way he does. And I don't mean that in the sense he's lazy. It's just effortless. Just so beautiful watching him work. It, Nothing he does it, is complicated. Yeah. Just, and I put it down to wrestling with Zack Sabre Jr. as a tag team partner. He's really invigorated Suzuki and given him a new lease of life by showing him the way of, here's another twist on the old classic Wigan style, which is your lifeblood. And I've developed it and taken it this way. And Minoru's gone, all right then, someone else, let's go. Let's do this. And it's just outstanding. Yeah. I just love it today. It's, it's almost like um, like Zach has become his adopted son. And yes. and I jokingly, you know, in some of the group chats on Twitter, I call Zach murder son because I think that <laughs> he could legitimately be the next contender to take over Suzuki Goon and maybe oh, well, turn it Saber Goon. That's, uh, that's so, what the... Um, our, our, um, we've been talking about on the Troopany show for like the last couple of years is um, how it's really, uh, you know, he's a prince and he's really put on a pedestal, Zach, by the rest of Suzuki Goon. He's their chosen one, quite clearly. So, yeah, it's just astounding how, how that works so well. And of course, Zach Sabre Jr. did line himself up this week as the next challenger to John Moxley. As he and Bernie Sanders apparently are going to end neoliberalism and be IWGP US heavyweight champion. Yeah, he's talking about how he wants to be our president. I'm like, hey, hey, Zack Sabre Jr. would be a massive improvement. So I welcome my president, Zack Sabre Jr. with open arms. Hail to the bloody chief. Okay, that's what I say. Haven't you got laws about people who are not born in the United States of America being president? That's that. That's just technicalities and, and, and kayfabe. Kayfabe. <laughs> you can't kayfabe <laughs> that because he's from Kent and he's like he's from Kent. <laughs> 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 fucking hell, Will. Let's fucking get on with this, you tosser. Exactly. So you can't fake that. Anywho. <laughs> that's my <laughs> Yes. Anyway, we'll move on to the heavyweight championship match, which was, oh, of course, the double championship match. Our very first time reviewing a double championship match. Tetsuya Nato defeats Kenta in 35 minutes and 50 seconds of an outstanding storytelling effort. Kenta can't do the things you said. How many times have we said this today? Kenta can't do the things he used to do. But actually, he does really good stuff. And here's an interesting fact for you, right? In his run, in the WWE, he had something like 45 matches in the last 12 months with the company. He's only been in New Japan for nine months, and he's already had over 60 matches. In the 45 matches he had in WWE, he got injured three times. And I'm like, big major injuries that stopped him wrestling. That's the reason why he only had 45 matches. 
and he has been not injured in his New Japan run. He's worn out, don't get me wrong, the shoulder tape was probably a, a signifier, but he's actually been able to keep wrestling. So all this thing about WWE's much easier on your body and safer to work, yeah, no. Because it isn't. And the reason why is because New Japan give you two weeks on and two weeks off. And you're wrestling in six-man tags most of the time. So Exactly. And, and, that, and that whole mentality of, you know, WWE is, is easier on their bodies, it, it's absolute BS. Because these guys are on the road, you know, 300 plus days a year, you know, on planes, in rental cars all the time. And it, it, it is harder on your body. And I've, I've, that's I've when a lot of injuries happen. And that's why there is a lot of injuries all the time, consistently yeah. in WWE because of that. In New Japan, like you said, you have a tour, you go home for like, you know, anywhere. It depends on if you're working the next one or not and how close the dates are. But generally, you go home for like 10, 14 days and then you go back on the road and you have that time for rehab, you know, if you need to, you know, do any type of therapy, like, you know, cryotherapy or anything like that to help your body recover, you can. And a lot of the roster, um, you know, does like the cupping therapy and things like that. And they take care of themselves and it's easier. So that that whole mentality is just plain and simply put wrong. And, and, you know, Kenta is having the time of his life. He is having (laughs) the time of his life. The shackles of WWE are taken off. He's going crazy, trolling people on social media. He's going out there and he's loving getting booed. He's encouraging the fans to boo him and to hate him. And, And it's almost like he gets this sick, demented joy out of it. And, um, and, you know, I'm very happy for him because as somebody who watched, you know, Noah as much as she could, you know, I really respected Kenta and, you know, it kind of did break my heart what happened in WWE with him. And I'm glad that, you know, it's looking like the end of his career is going to end on a happy note. So that does, you know, as a longtime Kenta fan, it, it makes me very happy to see that. It does me as well, because Kenta was the ultimate anti-hero. He was the guy who was pushing uphill against Kabashi and against Misawa in a kayfabe sense. You know, he is a protege of, of Kabashi, and he's a friend, he was friends with, close friends with Misawa, but he was pushing up the stardom kind of boulder, and there was a chip on his shoulder about being the small star in the big company when Noah was filling the Tokyo Dome and, and doing sumo hall on a regular basis, and he was the one leading the charge. He was the baby face of the company and he did have a chip on his shoulder about it and he did have to work harder because he was only 90 kilos and you know all of these things and then he's just turned that frustration in his new japan run it's back to he's not really changed it's just the same guy with just a slightly different look outlook on life and it's perfect for what he needs to do right now um and nato is freaking tetsuya nato he is absolutely on fire as a baby face world champion doing all the things he wants to do in this particular matchup, it was exceptionally good. The only bit that I didn't quite get was the blindingly obvious blade job right at the end. If you look right at the end of the match, Nato goes into the exposed turnbuckle face first after all the interference, which was cool because it was well done. I liked it. You know, everybody was in the right place at the right time. I know everyone's sick of run-ins, but, you know, got to have it. That's what Bullet Club do. That's what they're supposed to do. They're badass gauging heels. And, you know, 
it quite clearly, Tetsuya wipes his sweatband across his forehead as he lands, and blood spurts everywhere. And it was it was it was borderline dangerous because he was still bleeding in the interview after the match, which we'll get to in a second. But that's the only thing that kind of worried me about that match because it was like the worst blade job I've ever seen in my life. Courtney, well, I, I'm I'm kind of questioning if it was hard way because Naito did need eight staples in his head. And his head looks like he has like a Frankenstein scar going on. So I do question whether it was hard way or not. Um, which that's one thing with New Japan that I wish they would stop doing is, you know, if it was a hard way, you know, laceration. Um, you know, I wish they would stop doing that because that's dangerous and that can lead to concussions. And what we know about CTE, you know, that's just something that needs to quit and it just needs to stop. Um, if it was a blade job, he needs to he needs to never do one again. Yeah, because if you need eight staples after a blade job plus some stitches in between those staples, uh, no, you have no business blading yourself. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. Nah, fam. Um, no. But um, yeah, and, and this match was really good, and and you know, and the red shoes beef with Bullet Club continues because he kicked him out after Tama just gave him a little love tap. He was just trying to tell him, hey, Red Shoes, I love you. That's all he was doing. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's just like that That beef with Red Shoes is going to go on till the day Red Shoes retires. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was nice to see the boys backing him up. And it felt like Bullet Club was a solid unit. And they were behind Kenta. And, you know, I jokingly call... Kenta and Jay White, the dastardly best friends of Bullet Club because of all the things that they've been doing in those tag matches together, just being ridiculous with each other. And it's just like they're trying to one-up each other in the heel, you know, shithead tactics. And they're like, and they're just sitting there trying to one-up each other. And it's just like it keeps getting, and the heat keeps getting higher and higher for both of them. And it's pretty fun and interesting to see. And in this match, yeah, um, the moment where Jay came and ran out and did that run in and and just that walk that he had like when he when he approached Naito and um and blew him a little kiss and a too sweet and then proceeded to suplex him on his neck that was kind of one of those moments where you know you've got to respect the fact that Jay White's confidence in yeah. front of the camera in the ring has grown exponentially in the past few months, and now he is walking around like he is a king, like he is the top gaijin in New Japan, yeah, and of, he is commanding of. that respect. And it's and it's really amazing to see because actually, what I did the past couple of days is I sat there and started from his young lion point, and I went through all the way up to I'm about at G129 at this point, yeah. and and just his growth has been tremendous as an in ring performer his promos and everything. And, and he's and you know, and he's put on probably I would say 15 pounds of muscle in the past few months because like he is ridiculously jacked these days and looking good. And, um, and, you know, and then, you know, you have this match with Kenta and, um, and Naito and it was just like, I didn't really know which way it was going to go for a while because I was like, okay, I thought Naito was going to, keep the belt because I think they are trying to give him that respectable double belt run before they yeah. take one off of him. But, mm -hmm. um, 
But there were some points where I was like, maybe Kenta is going to win this. Maybe we are going to have Kenta two belts. And then it just didn't happen because, you know, unfortunately, we did not pull the right tarot cards that day in Bullet Club. We did not pull, <laughs> we did not pull the, right, the right fortune. And, um, and, and it was just a fun match. But, yeah, and then, and then furthermore, to get into the, the blood and everything, um, yeah, that was one thing that kind of concerned me is the fact that, you know, that he just didn't go straight to the hospital after it was done, you know, cause especially when you lose that much blood, you know, and then you've been in this strenuous match, you know, he could have very well passed out. So, yeah, I, uh, you, I you think know, it's the, yeah, I can say, I think it's him wanting to be the champion is kind of where he wants to be and do the championship job properly. Um, but equally, you can't put your health. You've got to put your health first. There's no point in having U.S. champion. You know. Yeah, there's no there's no point in having the first ever dual IWGP Intercontinental and Heavyweight Champion pass out on you know New Japan World in front of a worldwide audience. You know, no. so you know, like like we just we need to you know kind of that's one thing you know like maybe in the future let's not do that. Let's let's um. Yeah. Let's just go to the back. We don't need no long ass promo and a and a fist bump. We don't need that. Go to the hospital and take care of yourself, Naito. They could have done that quickly. Um, <laughs> they could have done that whilst he was getting patched up, to be honest. However, that has announced the anniversary show, which has traditionally been the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion against the Heavyweight Champion, and never before. Well, only once before has it been two faction mates. That was the last time Will Osprey fought Kazuchika Okada with a card winning and i'll be honest with you i'm looking forward to this with morbid fascination because if there's two guys in the new japan locker room that are going to put it all on the line it's Hiromu takahashi and tetsuya nato and they are two best mates and will look after each other in a selling and a giving sense so this should be phenomenal i don't even know and Hiroma will come out an even bigger star than he is now yeah, like I'm almost scared for that match because I know that they are going to do those neck bumps all match long. They're just going to, you know, go to town on each other. So I'm kind of like sitting here like the Kermit gif that everybody uses on Twitter with Kermit biting his fingernails. Like, like I'm kind of nervous for this one. I know it's going to be fire, but I'm just scared for their necks. Like thoughts yeah. and prayers for Hiromu and Naito's necks. Okay, everyone, you know, like, like that type of feel to this and and i'm excited to see it and and you know i'm just excited in general for what the future holds for new japan this year you know we're having you know super card of honor with ring of honor in april in tampa then we're having wrestle dynasty which is basically like the american wrestle kingdom in um august at madison square garden so there, there are a lot of exciting things going on in Shinihon. And, and I think Shinihon's going to grow even further this year. And, um, and whether you want to admit it or not, Shinihon's the real number two company in the world. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so let's, so, let's, so let, let's everybody cut the crap out and, and let's stop the, the wars on Twitter and, and everybody, you know, fighting over ratings and this, that, and the other. And, and, and I've kind of decided to take more of a positive stance on things, you know, as of late, you know, just, I think people need to treat wrestling like a buffet 
and take what you want and just leave what you don't alone. And I think wrestling Twitter and wrestling social media, Reddit, Facebook groups, Instagram, whatever, you know, they're going to be a lot better if people would take that approach. And, um, you know, and it's just looking like an exciting year for wrestling in general. Definitely is. Yeah. Like I have never felt as excited to, you know, be a fan analyst journalist in this business as I am now. And, um, and I think the future is nothing but bright for everybody in this business. And, you know, it was a really fun show. It was a really fun card and, and, and I had so much fun and I was live tweeting and, and, you know, interacting with people online. And that's, and that's part of the appeal of new Japan shows. It's like, we're all these crazies. It's even, well, in America, because in the UK, you get it a little bit more sensible time than us. But we're all <laughs> up in the middle of the night. We're just enjoying Shinny Han and everybody's lifting each other up. And, and you know, like, it's like during the Riley and Hiromi match, I was like, I'm scared. And people were like, it's okay. It's okay. They're going to be okay. They love each other. They're not going to actually kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was a very fun card. And and I give it all the fire emojis in the world. <laughs> it was it was an awesome card. There was some big announcements in New Japan this week. They have just signed a new TV deal, which puts them in prime time on Japanese television for the first time in a very long time. They did announce Wrestle Dynasty, which will be coming from Madison Square Garden on SummerSlam weekend, going up against NXT Takeover Boston, which will be very interesting indeed. And of course, some big shows this week. Like we said, the 48th anniversary show on the 3rd of March was announced. Main event, Tetsuya Nato versus Hiromu Takahashi. No other matches announced for that yet, but always a very interesting show. On the 19th, that's this week, that will be, I think it's on Wednesday. Yeah, actually, it will be on Wednesday. It will be the Tiger Hattori retirement event at Kurokan Hall. And on the 22nd, also at Kurokan Hall, it will be Manubi Nakanishi's full retirement event as well. So some big goodbye cards this week at Kurokan Hall. If you're a wrestling fan, that's where you need to be this week. And you can say goodbye yeah. to two absolute living legends. Yeah, Tiger Hattori, I like to lovingly call him like the uncle that has to discipline Bullet Club from time to time. Because there was that moment um, when they had a tour up in the Northeast and G.O.D. were trying to cheat. And Tiger Hattori just came out and just yanked both of them by their ear and drug them to the back. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that dynamic. And I'm going to miss, you know, Tiger Hattori. That one's going to hit me right in my red heart emoji. Um, <laughs> and Nakanishi too. So this is going to be an emotional week at Corquin. And, and, you know, if you're into emotion and you're into, you know, respecting legends, definitely tune into New Japan World this week. Because it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster. but we're all going to get through it. We're all going to be there to send each other hugs digitally on Twitter. We're all going to be there, so join us. You also have to put in mind the amount of things that Tiger Hattori has been through in his career, from his days in Old Japan to his days in the front office at New Japan. He's responsible for guys like Carl Anderson and for uh, Finn, Dev Finn Balor or, or Prince Devitt being in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bullet Club really wouldn't exist without Tiger Hattori uh, in no, the sense of the word. He's, so, he's, he's senpai. He's, yeah. um, he's, he's, He's Papa, and um, it's going to be 
And like the Kelly Clarkson song says, our life is going to suck without you, Tiger. <laughs> and we're going to miss you. Right then. We're going to have to call it for today. So thank you very much, Courtney, for joining you today. I appreciate that. Where can we find you on your social medias? Um, on Instagram and Twitter at OG Puro Queen. Um, really nice and easy to remember. And um, come and follow me and come and interact during you know New Japan shows and and throughout the day, as as my timeline um, continues to be a tribute to Jay White and Killer Cross, so <laughs> um, so come and follow me. I promise I won't bite. I promise I won't shank you with the switchblade. I promise. <laughs> okay, you can find me at Sheriff Lonestar on Twitter. You can find the show Troopany Show on Twitter and on Facebook, the Troopany Show and Patreon, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. Go check out our sponsors in the Empire Magazine and of course powerslam.tv where you get a free month when you use the code mulletwatch not sure what we're looking at next week probably not enough time to get all these shows watched that are going to be important this week so i think we'll be going back to the beginner's guide someone has asked us to do a beginner's guide to hikira hokuto i think we should take care and we'll see you soon bye bye Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.